Let's welcome Matt as he brings God's Word. That's great. Good to be here tonight. What a great night already. Baptisms and everything. Awesome. I hope that you're glad to be here. Let's start with Acts 3.19 tonight. Uh, if, we, if we can get that up, maybe. Otherwise, I can read it. Acts 3.19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Uh, we are we're in this season, we're about to head into this season starting today, 21 days of prayer for revival. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about revival for a long time here in this church based on some of the words that we feel that God has said to us in the past. And uh, one of the ways, uh, one of the uh, sort of things that we kick around in the office a little bit, and uh, it sort of started from one particular person. But anyway, it's, it's become a bit of a thing that we say now in the office when we're just uh, bantering a little bit. And uh, this particular person said to Dave Twig, he said, uh, Dave's an evangelist. He has a gift for evangelism, leading people to Christ. And this particular person, I won't name who they are, said, look, Twig, God can't bring revival until you have a hundred sermons ready to be preached in the revival. And so we, we banter this around a bit, little bit, you know, in the office. We sort of say, oh, Twig, how, how's 100 sermons going, mate? And he's like, I'm up to 23. And, uh, and I said, oh, come on, mate. You know, you need to work a little bit harder there. It's obviously a joke. Uh, it's obviously a joke. If you're new to church here tonight, that's not the way it works. We're just joking. But, uh, but the question I want to ask is this, as we head into this season, are we waiting on God or is He waiting on us? Are we waiting on God or is he waiting on us? And I don't want to actually, I I can't empirically stand up here, I don't think tonight and and tell you what the answer is to that. And in fact, I think when revival comes, the answer will be yes, yes to both. Um, But tonight, I just want us to, to look at the second half of that question. Is God waiting on us? Is God waiting on us? And we're going to look at Acts 19, 13 through 20. At first, you'll think this is the most obscure passage ever, like when we're talking about revival. But just stick with me if you can. Don't get too bored and uh, we'll see where we go. All right, Acts 19, 13 to 20. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say... In the name of the the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, Sceva's a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them. And overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas, 
in this way, or thus, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. There's another translation that I prefer for that last verse at the end in verse 20. It says, thus, or in this way, because of what was happening there, what they were doing, the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. The word of the Lord was prevailing. In this city of Ephesus, a pagan city, right? Kind of like Brisbane. We, we live right now in a pagan city where, where the, the name of Jesus is not held in high honour. In a pagan city, the kingdom of God was gaining momentum. A move of God was taking place. How, how did this gospel momentum come about? What led to, to the name of the Lord Jesus, the word of the Lord growing and, and prevailing in this city? Well, I think it was this, it was unfolding as people sought to truly know Jesus Christ. To not just hear about Him, not just know Him a little bit from a distance, but to truly know Him right up close in intimacy with Him. If you go to the few verses before what we just read, rumors were spreading because Paul was doing just, there, there was phenomenal miracles taking place at the ministry of Paul. And uh, rumors were spreading that the name of Jesus Christ had authority over demons and sickness and they were getting out at the name of Jesus. And these seven sons of Sceva had heard about this, these happenings, had heard about Jesus and the name of Jesus, the transformation wrought in his name. And so they tried to claim to, 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 to bring this authority in for themselves and what they were doing. But it's clear that they did not really know him. They were using his name. They said, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches. In other words, we don't know who he is. We don't really know him. And they were trying to claim his authority. They had only heard about Jesus. Hearsay, they didn't really know him. And because of that, they had no authority and the demons overpowered them in that moment. And so this, uh, news of this particular incident started to get around in Ephesus and it says people were gripped with fear. Fear seized them is what what it says, and I think the reason they were, they were afraid is this, because they knew they didn't really know him either. I think that they were fearful because they said, we've only heard about him as well. We only know him at a distance, maybe secondhand knowledge, what other people have said, or they didn't really know him. It's interesting, it it's doesn't quite come out, I don't think, in the, in the Greek tense, but it says that many of those who had believed now came and openly confessed what they'd done. So there was a sense in, in some people at least that they'd heard about Jesus and they were starting to say, this man, there's authority in him, but they didn't actually know him. They were hearing about him and the authority that they had and so fear grew. Fear sees them when they, when they said, man, look at what happens when you don't really know him. And they began to say, I need to know him for myself. And so in order to know him, they get serious. 
they, they begin to get ruthless. Ruthless in turning their life, turning the ship of their life towards this man, Jesus. This is repentance. This is obedience. They begin, they're not waiting for someone to tell them. They begin to look at their lives and say, what in my life does not accord with who this man is? And they say, I gotta know him, so I've gotta get rid of this. This cannot stay if I wanna know him. That's what they begin to do. And so they confess these these evil practices. They bring out their magic books of sorcery and they literally burn them in a bonfire. Anything that does not accord with who Christ is, it's gotta go. And it doesn't even matter the cost. You know, it's really interesting in these verses, they, they bring out how much all those books added up to. And it's a huge sum if you do the translation uh, from money back then, but they don't even care. Because they want to know Him. They know they need to know Him. This is what Paul says, Philippians 3.8, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. You see, to know Jesus, the only way we can ever know Jesus is by putting forward obedience to him, to who he is. We cannot just hear about him and intellectually hear some things that he's doing and hear some things that he's done over here or maybe in the past. We need to know him. And the only way that we can know him is by getting rid of the things that that do not align with who he is. This is what faith is. This is stepping out of the boat. It's saying all of this stuff is not Jesus and and I gotta know Jesus. And so it's gotta go. This is repentance. This is faith. They're actually putting their money where their mouth is on the person of Jesus. Jesus. They're not just hearing about it. They're saying, man, I'm actually betting the house. I'm putting the house on Jesus. And so everything else is gone. I want you to see here tonight, repentance is active. We cannot repent in our minds. You cannot just repent by thinking. Listen to this account of Zacchaeus and his repentance in Luke 19, seven to nine. All the people saw this Uh, Zacchaeus climbs the tree. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I want to dine with you tonight. And uh, all the people saw this and they began to mutter. They said, he's gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. He's a man of faith. He's actually putting faith in Jesus, being obedient to him. Repentance is active. And in Ephesus, I wanna tell you, they got proper serious about this. They got proper serious. There wasn't a hedge each way here. The thing about fire, you'll see in the movies, you know, the the movie plot line, there's this note that someone's written and uh, it's really serious and it's so dear to them or this particular possession and the evil person grabs that particular thing and throws it on the fire and the person's distraught. They're like, no, it's in the fire. Why are they distraught in that moment? 
Because fire is permanent. Fire is irreversible. When something burns, you cannot put it back together. To burn something is to literally close the door on it and lock it and and it cannot be opened again. I wanna tell you, repentance is not a halfway measure. We can't just put something on the top shelf and say, oh, it's out of sight. Yeah, no, I've, I've dealt with it. We have to cut ties with the darkness, cut ties with our sinful ways, cut ties with anything that does not belong to the spirit of who Jesus is. This is what Jesus himself said in Matthew 5.30. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Taking the action of burning books does not give us the knowledge of Jesus. It is repentance, but it doesn't give us the knowledge of Jesus. What repentance is, is repentance is clearing out the junk in our heart so that there's now space for something else to reside there. We read this passage before, Acts 3.19, repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Acts 5.32, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given and, and the Greek really is there is God has given and is giving to those who obey him. And the Greek word for obey is continuously obey, continue to obey, not once, but continuously. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Jesus Christ, who put forward action towards who the man is, who Jesus is revealed to you. The reason they're burning books is not because burning books is what saves them. They're cutting ties with the darkness in the belief that Jesus will fill them with his spirit, a knowledge of himself. This is faith. Noah built the ark with no sign of rain, right? When we are sinful, we we don't have a knowledge of who God is but we can cut ties with it, believing that Jesus will do his part by us. He will send his spirit so that we will be made new, a new creation. Noah built the ark with no sign of rain, but he was readying himself to receive the salvation of the rain. The the picture that God gave me, this isn't a very clear picture, but I think it's the one that God gave me. It's, it's, um, imagine you're standing on the beach Right? and you're looking out to the ocean, but you can't see the ocean. It's a really, really long way away. And uh, you, know how, you know how kids build these little pools that they sit in when they're young? And, and just imagine the pool is your heart. And, and what repentance is, is you are digging a trench, a trench in the sand of your heart, believing that the ocean will come in and fill you. Burning books is not receiving the Holy Spirit. Burning books is creating the room in faith for the Holy Spirit to be received. Galatians 3.5, Paul says to the church there, he says, did you receive the Spirit 
And is he working mighty miracles among you because of the works of the law? No, it's because of your faith. The Holy Spirit is given to those who put forward faith in who Jesus is, who are obedient to him. And that is salvation. John 17, three says this. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Repentance is the forerunner to revival. Repentance is the forerunner to revival. Repentance is us creating a channel in the sand of our heart, believing that as we are obedient to Jesus Christ, He will fill us with His Spirit and we will, we will know Him. We will not just know about Him, we will have intimacy. We will know Him right up and close. Christ's message was repent and believe. Believe what? Believe in me. See, sometimes we even come to God and we think, if I, if I do this, God will give me particular circumstances or he'll take care of things in, in, in my life. I wanna tell you, what we need is not circumstances. We need the I am. We need the I am. We need to know him. We need to know his glory. Know it deep within our heart. Know how great he is. He himself is salvation. He is the prize. He's not the way to the prize. He is the prize. Revelation 3.19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. A quote from George MacDonald, when a man breaks with his sins, when a man breaks with his sins, then the wind of the Lord's fan will blow them away the fire of the Lord's heart will consume them. See, we do not have the capacity to change our heart. The only way our hearts will ever change is when the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us, but we need to break with our old ways first. We need to close the door on the old and open the door to Jesus Christ. And the way we do that is by being obedient to who we see him to be by actually putting forward faith in him, being active in that. It was a, uh, a deep work of God in the Arctic region. Uh, you, you probably would call it a revival among the Inuit people in around the year 2000, about 1998 to 2000, maybe 2001. Significant work of God. So much so that in one particular meeting midway through this, these years of revival, the Holy Spirit was so manifest that there was a roaring sound that began to unfold in this room. The way that they describe it, it was like Niagara Falls the people who are in the room. The interesting thing is you can actually listen to this on YouTube. There's a recording of it. And, uh, and the pastor's sharing in this interview and he says, he says we, we, we were worshiping and people were repenting, coming down and receiving prayer. And, and all of a sudden there was this, 
it, it sort of started out small. And I'm thinking, what's, what's the sound doing? You know what I mean? Like something's going on with the PA here. So, you know, this is a small community. There's 1,200 people in the whole city. So it's a tiny little town, right? And he's thinking, gee, I better run to the PA. So he runs to the PA desk and he pulls down some of these things and it gets louder. He's thinking, what is going on here? And he, he pulls down everything, pulls it all down. It's still getting louder. He switches it off and pulls the plug out from the wall. It's still getting louder. And then all of a sudden they knew this is not from man. The Holy Spirit was manifest in this room in this moment. The interesting thing is, is that about two years before that, the way the revival began, first of all, there was a small group, only a tiny group of people who began praying for the youth. There was an epidemic of suicide and drugs and alcohol amongst the youth. A small group of people said, they, they just cried out to God and said, God, can you do something about this? But then what happened was a huge repentance across the city. They had a bonfire as well. No joke, you can watch it on YouTube. They had a bonfire, $100,000. It doesn't sound like much, but remember, there's only 1,200 people in this little place. $100,000 worth of pornography, heavy metal music, drugs, other things that weren't in accordance with who Jesus is onto the bonfire and up. Serious. There was a deep repentance in this town. They got rid of anything that did not accord with who Jesus was. And it paved the way for the Holy Spirit to come in and truly do away with their sin. You see, repentance is not doing away with sin. To be free from sin, we need the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that is freedom because as soon as you know God right up close, like Paul's knowing God, like the sons of Sceva are, you don't worry about sin anymore. He is everything. He is glorious. That is freedom. That is freedom. Amongst these people, there was a deep repentance. And I want to tell you, you watch this YouTube clip and all they ever say is, God is amazing. That's all they say. You know, the people are asking them questions like talking a bit bit about how it happened and they're sort of saying some of this stuff about the bonfire and the prayer, but then they're, oh, God is so good. God is everything. And they start to weep in this interview because not not about the, the moments that happened, but about their God. Is that how we know him, church? Is that how we know, is that how you know him tonight? We can't just hear about Jesus. We need to know him deep in our hearts. So much so that it moves us, it rocks us to the very core and nothing can be in us other than him. It must go. Repentance is the forerunner to revival. Repentance is the forerunner to revival. We are waiting on God. Yes, we are. But you know what? I think in a sense, God's also waiting on us. He's saying, Oswald Chambers, in one of my readings this week, we celebrated Pentecost last week. The Holy Spirit is here in the earth. Doesn't need to be poured out again. He's poured it out. Oswald Chambers says the thing that that determines our our filling of the Spirit is not whether God's going to pour it out. God is wanting to pour it out. Oswald Chambers says it's our spiritual fitness that determines 
whether we will receive it. I know, I know this is challenging. This is challenging for me even as I'm saying it. And yes, we are going to pray and we're going to wait on God because, because waiting on God is actually part of repentance in itself. It's coming before him and saying, God, we, we really need you. But repentance is also active. We've got to get rid of the junk. So tonight, as you listen to this, there are some things in your life right now and the invitation from Christ tonight is to burn them up, not for the sake of burning them up, this is not morality, burn them up if you want to know me. If you really, if you want to know me more, however much you've got of him right, if you want to know him more, tonight the call is burn up the things that are not of me. To shut the door on them as an act of faith in saying, this thing is not of Jesus and I am believing in Jesus. And so I'm getting rid of it. And you know what? Sometimes the feeling of the Holy Spirit, this has happened to me recently, Sometimes the, the feeling of the Holy Spirit will, will just be a little after the repentance. There will be an active move of our heart of repentance. We will do something saying, God, I'm putting forward faith. I want to obey you. And, and it won't necessarily happen instantaneously. There might be just a slight delay, but I want to tell you, he will fill you. Don't worry, God is faithful. God is faithful. And so how do we know where these areas are in our lives as we finish tonight? I, maybe just a helpful thing for you to think through, a grid for you to, to filter your life through tonight is this. Anything which you're doing right now or which you have done in the past that is unresolved, in other words, there has been no repentance, anything that you're doing or you have done in the past that if you think about it and if you look at it, it might even be thoughts or attitudes or mentalities or, or, or spirits within you, anything that if you honestly looked at it and said, um, if you honestly looked at it, you could not say that that is alignment with who Jesus is, the spirit of Jesus. That thing, you could not tag it and say, I did that in the name of Jesus. That's what the sons of Sceva were trying to do. They were trying to do things in the name of Jesus, but they didn't know him. So that's the grid that, that I just maybe might be helpful for you tonight. Anything that you're doing or you have done that you could not say, I did that in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's a spirit of jealousy. Maybe it's a spirit of complaint, of bitterness, of dissatisfaction, of unthankfulness in your heart. And that has led you to, to actions of unthankfulness or jealousy or bitterness. There's an unforgiveness in your heart, maybe because of hurts in the past. This is the hardest one. This is why on the cross, so pivotal, the cross is so pivotal. Jesus is being afflicted by others and he forgives them. That's the obedience. So if you've been hurt in the past by, by someone, what, what you can, I know that this is such a difficult area and this is why the cross is almost the pinnacle of what Jesus is doing here. If you've received the hurt, you can have faith. You can forgive. You just put forward whatever energy you can to be obedient to who Jesus is, which is to forgive. You just, you just put forward whatever energy you have and then God will help. He will fill you with his spirit and change your heart. And forgiveness will flow. Love for that person will flow. Maybe it's patterns of laziness or wastage. 
Maybe there's areas of greed or lust, practices of greed or lust. These, these are the things that, that we, God's inviting us to repent from tonight. And I want you to remember repentance is active. We cannot do it in our minds. We can't just think, yeah, okay, I'm gonna repent from that and then keep walking. Like they burnt books publicly, publicly. There's no shame. There's no shame. You know why? Jesus took the shame. He scorned it on the cross. God forgives you. Will we believe it? If you believe God forgives you, you can bring it all out into the light. You can. Because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. When, when you bring it into the light, you're, you're putting yourself into Christ Jesus and there's no condemnation in Him. There's forgiveness in Him. Twiggy said it before, 2 Chronicles 7.14, we read it often. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and we're gonna do that, I invite you, please do this as part of your, as part of your repentance, come and pray and seek my face. But this is sometimes, I think, the part that we neglect and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will hear their land. These people in Ephesus got very serious, very serious, no tolerance. Revelation 2.19, I'm very close to finishing this. One of the last verses. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. He knows that. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teachings, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. The people in Ephesus were ruthless, ruthless. And I really believe Christ is calling us in this season to be more ruthless than what we have in the past, not out of some legalism, but out of a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Jesus, who obey, who put forward faith. And in this way, the word of the Lord spread, grew and prevailed in the city of Ephesus. See, as they repented, as they aligned themselves with Christ, man, there was transformation. There was, it was radical. It was radical. And people around them noticed something. And they said, wow, look at this change in your life. How? They said, Jesus Christ, I know him now. At one point I knew about him, but now I know him. And he's everything. He is, he's the great I am. The people in Ephesus are joining those intuit, intuit people in the Northern Arctic region, just saying, oh God is everything. If I have him, I need nothing else. Just give me more of him. I need to see more of him. So that's the invitation for us tonight. Do we want to join? Do we want to join? I pray you do. I pray you do. Jesus has made this possible. The way is open. He invites us to step into that tonight. So I'm going to pray in just a second as the team leads us in a song or two. And uh, just the way, I just want to be pragmatic about the fact that if God's laying something on your heart right now, an area where you need to show obedience, probably... The, the activeness of that you might not be able to do right now here, it, you know what I mean, in the middle of a, a church service. 
And I want to be pragmatic about that. And so the response tonight is, if there's an area, right, surely there's an area, an area that God's just, um, that, that you're searching your life and saying, that's not in the name of Jesus. My invitation for you is to come and, and write that area down. Uh, write that uh, particular thing down on a piece of paper and maybe an action that God gives you in that moment to, to take repentance. You know, they burnt the books for you. It might be something totally different. Maybe it is burning something. Just to write that area down and, and, and take it away and pray about that and then work out repentance, work it out in your life. And uh, take that, but, but uh, sorry, on your way back, once you've written that down, if you want to, we would love to pray for you. Pray for and bless you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is obedience tonight. Christ is, is amazing. He's calling us tonight. It's just an invitation. I pray that there would be much of this across the next three weeks of just us saying, oh, that's got to go. I'm betting the house on Jesus. I'm betting the house on Jesus that He is the way, the truth and the life, that He is who He said He is. So I'm clearing it out so that there's room for Him to come and dwell. I'm opening the door so that we can have supper together, it says in Revelation. So let's pray and then let's respond in the name of Jesus. Father, thank You, Lord, for these truths that You give to us. Thank You, Lord, tonight for baptism, two people saying, yes, I wanna repent, I wanna turn. I wanna follow Jesus. Baptism, maybe it's baptism for some people tonight, step of obedience to you. But Lord, I just, I really pray that, you know, this is gonna be an amazing three weeks as we pray together. But Lord, I ask that we would clear house at the same time. We are waiting on you, but maybe there's a degree to which you're waiting on us in these three weeks as well. You're calling us, you're inviting us to be active to say, hey, there's, there's, what, what can I do? What can I clear out that doesn't belong to Him? What channel can I create in the sand of my heart so that the fullness of the ocean might come in and fill my, fill my heart? Let's make the channel deep and wide, church, I pray, for His Spirit to come in. Deep and wide, let's, let's deep, dig deep wells tonight, clearing out the, the filth and the junk letting then His Spirit come in and fully burn it up, burn it up. Liberty, freedom, this is the call of Jesus Christ and Lord, we wanna step into it. And so I pray that we would take action these three weeks in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and sing and worship, respond, repent, receive the Holy Spirit as we repent tonight. Beautiful, God is good, we wanna know Him more.
tonight absolutely feel free to do that but as part of that as well this is really important and I think we're going to do this over the three weeks of praying for revival we'd love to just anoint you as well we got some anointing oil here and if you just want to be anointed too we'd love to anoint you and pray for you for the empowerment to overcome some of this stuff that you need to deal with in your heart and so feel free to come to respond but then to get prayer we'd love to anoint you and just ask God to just empower you to let go or to burn up whatever that is that needs to be burnt up in your heart and in your life so feel free to respond now that'd be great
love, his grace, his mercy. Love the scripture says, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I want us to know that afresh tonight. Word of God says, his mercies are new every morning. Maybe someone needs to receive that tonight. Well, as we surrender to our great God, I tell you, his love, his grace and his mercy is greater than anything else you will ever experience. So let me sing that right now. That Jesus, I surrender. It's a letting go, saying, God, I can't, but you can. Can we do that as a church? If you feel comfortable, will you raise your hands? You don't have to do this. But if you feel comfortable, raise your hands. It's a, it's a sign of surrenderance. It's a sign of receiving and saying, God, I can't, but you can. I can't in my own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can come. You can make way to my heart that man can't make. And so Jesus has no other name but the name of Jesus that can deal with sin. Bring victory in our life. Allow the grace and mercy of Jesus to flow over us. And so this is why we come boldly into the presence of God and say, Jesus, we surrender because in you is love, grace, mercy that triumphs. Come on, church. You believe in Jesus, begin to cry out. Say, Lord God, we pray for revival in your own hearts, in the hearts of our families, in the hearts of our nation. Come on. In the grace of Jesus, let's sing it out. All to Jesus, all to Jesus, I surrender. Come on. All to for this opportunity to come before you. And I love what Matt said, you're a God who forgives. 
that we can bring anything to you, great God. And you're not angry, you're not upset, you're not, you know, trying to get back at us for, for, for the way we've wronged. You're a God that forgives, a God that loves. Thank you that we can bring whatever it is to the table tonight. Just lay it before you, great God. Thank you, Father God, that uh, as we walk in obedience this very week, that you're replacing with your love and your mercy and your grace, great God. We thank you for that. I just sense in this moment as well, there's some that need to bring something before you, but it's so big, it's so tough. And Lord, it may be that someone just needs to get alongside them, that they can speak it out with somebody else to start with, to let it, just, just pour it out. Yes, pour it out to you, but to pour it out with somebody else, that accountability to say, can you help me? Can you wrestle this uh, in my life? I, I need your help in this great God. And so thank you, Father God, that we have an opportunity to do that. Thank You, Lord, that You wanna bring this stuff into the light, Father. So Lord, help us, empower us this week, we pray. Empower us to walk into that, we ask, great God. Lord, we love You and like I prayed earlier tonight, the best, the most, full, the fullest life to live is a life walking in obedience to You, great God, because You promise that You come to give life and life to the full. May You help us walk in that, we ask. We love You, great God, we worship You and we honour You in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you tonight. Uh, so good to have you here. Yeah, why don't we give him just a, a, a honour our great God. Give him a thanks. This is really important though. Um, please don't go. If you want prayer, please don't leave without being prayed for. We'd love to pray for you. You can still be anointed. We'd love to anoint you as well and to pray for you. Um, but uh, just, yeah, I pray you'd walk in obedience this week. Ask Him to empower you. Walk in that this week and may we see God move sovereignly. God bless you. Have an awesome week and we'll see you soon.